welcome once again to the Brain Candy Podcast. Candy for your left brain and your right brain. I am Sarah Rice, and with me as always is my lovely, beautiful, talented, smart, a million other adjectives co-host, <laughs> Susie Meister. Hi, everybody. Welcome. I'm excited for this episode. Well, this was one of my favorite episodes that we did uh, when we first started the podcast. And I thought, why not revisit the same topic? Because there's so much that we could cover for like a million more episodes. Mm-hmm. But once again, we're doing Lifestyles of the Weird and Wacky. <laughs> That's really good. I tried really hard. What's the guy's name who does it? Robin Leach. Robin Leach with Lifestyles of the Weird and Wacky. <laughs> you know why it's such a good episode is because... Everybody's a little wacky. Uh, like Oh, for sure. I'm totally weird and wacky. Like we all have our things that yep. are quirky and weird that we What's do. Yours? Come on, I know you do weird things. Oh, You've got God. it. I mean, I'm I don't know if this is weird, but I'm pretty obsessive about like where things go. I was going to say that. Yeah. I was gonna say and I've never been to a house that's so like your kitchen table's always clean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you're really good at one cleaning up after an activity or after a mess. I'm well, not. I'll tell you, my husband, see, my husband and I have this ongoing thing because I keep wanting to share things about him, but, like, it's really Just rude of myself. Man. Well, <laughs> the same, but, like, it's one thing to share about yourself. Right. And then you're, like, sharing about this other person and you really, like, and there's, like, that whole idea of, like confidentiality between husband and wife and you're pretty much breaking all that well let's just say that he i'll just tell you he (laughs) (laughs) sorry he was in a fire a few well the year that we met uh in thailand where dozens of people died and i think the only reason that he didn't is because he he's a lot bigger than most people in thailand he's a lot taller and so he could see above their heads on how to get it was pitch black it was one of those pyrotechnic kind of fires oh my gosh on new year's eve really scary yeah they went to see a band and they were right by the stage and that it went up in flames <gasps> and they had to get out and he had to go to the hospital his ear was all burnt up and stuff anyway it oh made my god yeah and it made him like very cautious about like First of all, always knowing where the exits yeah, are and stuff like that. This makes sense. Yeah. But also it it was made him a little quirky about being cautious. Uh-huh. And so like he never told me he did it, but I noticed that when we would go to bed, like there he would put his shoes in front of the front door. Like but like as if they That's could like normal, total normal. It's normal, yeah. but the shoes aren't going to stop. Right. But he says then he would hear like Oh, I get. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's not when I think about it, it's not crazy, but when he does it, I'm like, don't prop your shoes up against the door. I get it. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. But it, it all comes from that. This sort Everything of like stems from some sort of like fear place or like experience that made us, uh, you know, but what's, uh, what's your thing though? What do you, what are you quirky about? Quirky. You're so not, I am kind of quirky. What though? Um, like, I've spent a lot of time with you, and I wouldn't say anything you do is weird at all. I have, like, weird quirks that would, like, 
you know, like maybe over time, like I, I can see my husband potentially being super annoyed with things I do. Like I'm a <laughs> crazy nail painter. Like I've bit my nails my whole life. Oh yeah. And so in order to break myself of that habit, I have to keep them looking nice all the time. So I obsessively paint them. Really? Yeah. But that, uh, but I also obsessively pick off the nail polish. And when I do, like I, when I was little, I used to like just pick it off and eat it, which is like so gross. That's horrible. I know. And then as like when I was like, you know, a teenager or whatever, I realized that how disgusting and horrible that is. So, oh my God, I can't believe I'm admitting. This is like a therapist. I've, <laughs> I've never even admitted this in therapy. That's like one of those, my strange addiction. No, like they it, eat. But okay, but I don't now. I don't <laughs> do that. Sarah, don't be defensive. I, but I, I'm just saying, but now what I do is probably even weirder is that I pick it off and I make a little pile of it like on a napkin and then I, you know, throw it away when I'm done. But like I pick it off, but I got to put it somewhere. I'm not just going to pick it off and like throw it on the floor because then I have to clean the floor. So I pick, I pick off my nail polish. Yeah. It's like put methodical. it into a little, little pile in a little napkin. And that's got to look so but weird. T- can you like, tell me you why doing? you pick it off? I'm not clear on that. Because I, it, it's, well. Oh, it's a compulsion. You, it's like a compulsion. how I pick my it's face. Like, it's like, instead of biting my nails, I have to do something. And if you really want to get into it, I have color graph synesthesia, which is where your senses get kind of mixed up in your head. And I see colors as numbers and, um, that overlaps. And one of the side effects is feeling like you always have to do something with your hands. And hmm. feeling like you have to feel, you have to be very, like, you have to be doing something. So mm-hmm. in order to, so I took up like painting my nails and it, you know, it, it would be picking up my face or biting my nails or something that's more destructive. So that's my weird. Quirk. Yeah. Well, that everyone has stuff like that. And you know, there's probably a million things you don't even have the time. You don't even realize you don't even know you're doing them. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Only when it comes up to you, like, oh, wait, I am weird. That's something that most people don't do. Uh-huh. But we have a lot of fun examples. In fact, one of them was sent to us from a listener named Shannon. Shannon, thank you. This is a great idea. It was an article about a woman who, for some reason, and I wish that it said in the article what the reason is, decided to live every day like it was 1939, like World War II era. That's so weird that the date is so specific. But it's like, and, and it's, she's not seemingly, she's not mentally ill. Like you thought maybe it was some sort of uh, amnesia. Yeah. Yeah. Where she was stuck in that. Yeah. But she's, isn't the woman like in her forties? She She was 42 or something. It was, she wasn't even alive then. And she uses like like a chamber pot and weird stuff like that. And so that's hilarious. And just she says she wants to date and like she's having trouble finding somebody. Oh, big <laughs> shocker. You're having trouble finding somebody who wants to shit into a pot and then pour it out in the morning when we have the technology to fix that. I don't understand that. I mean, I really, I am, I try to be open-minded to everybody's lifestyle, but I don't understand when, <laughs> when, when people do weird things with their excrements really that's what gets you yeah hoarders i feel the same way about hoarders when it crosses over into where oh well i mean that's like another topic we could talk an entire episode just about hoarders that's a weird lifestyle's the weird and wacky yeah but the i guess the weirdest part is that it's actually not that rare i know 
and something it's quite like common. Ten percent of the population has hoarding tendencies. I even have hoarding tendencies. Do you? Yep. What is it when you're about to do it? I like, know you... that I I see potential value in things. So and it yeah. comes and and I can see and everything hoarders. It stems from a place of love and a place of caring, and it's a way to. It's like a coping mechanism. And of course there are different kinds and there are mm. different, like w- how people fall on this continuum. Yeah. But, um, a lot of times it comes from somebody who, you know, maybe you had money and then you didn't have money yeah. and you feel like this and fear. Sort of fear of, of, I don't want to be without, or I don't want to be wasteful. So I'm going to hold on to this item because I see a potential. And a lot of times it even comes from wanting to be very giving and want to be loving. Like you see something and you want to get it for somebody else or, and you think it's perfect for them and then you hold on to it and then maybe you forget to give it to them. Or maybe there it's like a part of a project like, Oh, I'm going to get this and then I'm going to add this to it. And then I'm going to, you know, mail it to them with this. And yes, then those, those multiple projects just fought because it makes yeah. you feel good in the moment to think of the idea of doing mm. good for others. And that mm-hmm. whole idea of it's more, it's better to give than it is to receive. So the thought of giving gives you good feelings. Yeah. But then you don't ever actually follow through with it because you get caught up in the and so I can and I'm like that with things like I don't I don't want to be wasteful. I'm so frugal that I see and then I think of like if somebody gives me something, I don't ever want to I I feel like getting rid of it would mm. be getting rid of I yeah. don't know, especially kids who give me like little things that they made or painted oh, or whatever. I've got to like save them all. I have like so many of little like Lincoln stuff that he just gave to me. I'm you probably pine, have more I have than a I pine do. Cone that Lincoln gave <laughs> oh, to me. I can't God. bring myself to get rid of it. You have to. I know. I, I should. I that should just be so like. so nuts. I know, me. but I'm like, he picked that out special for me. Me getting rid of it is. A, I understand that that's not. I, and I have gone through and I get rid of things. and But I have to. I have to really talk to myself and say. It's not the, the sentiment is not the thing. Yes. Yeah. But it it is, if you have a tendency, that is a very hard thing to do. Or that it would only take, if I, God forbid, you know, had a child and something happened, it wouldn't take much to push me over the edge where, I mean, I have a lot of self-awareness, which is very helpful, but I can see why people become like that. Yeah. I'm just the organized kind who labels mm-hmm. things. Yeah, well, if you're going to be one, that's the, that's best, the best kind. The dirty kind, because like mine's never going to get to the point where I keep my own shit. But like the dirty <laughs> kind, like the people who just don't see the mess that are clutter blind, they call it. Mm. Mm. That is like. I can't even imagine. I that. couldn't imagine. That's like an OCD. I mean, really, it's an obsessive compulsive disorder hoarding. And you treat it with the same treatment methodology that you use for. Mm-hmm cognitive behavioral therapy and medication and hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price Got your happy price, price line. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Um, 
I have a fun one. I am so excited to tell you this one. What? Okay. I, I hope Oh, you... this is one that you and Adam talked about? Yeah. But, oh, okay. This is great. This is Susie's Wait. weird and wacky. Wait a minute. Do you know what it is? No, I don't. Oh, okay. But I'm just so excited because both you and your husband got really excited to <laughs> let this one out of the bag. And okay, I'm real so excited to hear what I it is because I don't know. I read this article on Vice. And Vice is the best, I know. Man. <laughs> it's really I like their articles and I like their... Because they usually have content that you don't see anywhere else. Right. Um, but anyway... Okay, so let me preface this by saying I, as a kid, was the happiest, most ebullient, effervescent human being that I have ever known. And like, just bubbling with joy. And my mom said that I like bounded out of bed in the morning. I was like, ah! And like my siblings were so mean to me. I didn't care. Like I thought everything was funny. And then, then it stopped. And I, I still have those traits, but there's a heaviness and like a seriousness to me now that there didn't used to be, which in some ways is helpful because, you know, adulthood requires seriousness, but it makes me sad because I remember I felt like I was on drugs back then. Like I was just like, I, there was like, everything was great. And I, I just missed that. Yeah. And so I stumbled upon this article and I was like, <gasps> because this guy, what? he used to do drugs and he wanted to be high all the time. So he drilled a hole in his skull. No. Huh? <laughs> Help. Okay. And the reason he go on, <laughs> the reason he did that was because according to him, and I guess according to science, but I don't know, that can't be confirmed. There in is his a, frontal lobe. Let me guess. Well, he claimed that there is a part of your skull that remains open until you're about, well, until puberty ends. So maybe okay. 18, somewhere before, more or less 18. That has to do with decision making? That has to do with when you experience joy as a child, <gasps> your brain is allowed to expand and contract. And that like, because this there's a part of your skull that's not completely closed, you can feel the fullness of that, the oh, chemicals or whatever. My... <laughs> God. And so once it's closed, you can't, that's why people start doing drugs and alcohol because they are searching for that feeling again. And that's exactly what has happened to me. Like the reason I drink wine is because there's more, you know, of that joy than when I'm sober. And so he drilled, he himself personally drilled it. It took him three tries. The first two didn't take. Oh my God. I'm, oh my God. Help. Help. I'm having a physical reaction to this. And so. Go on. Okay. So now you can still kind of see it according to the journalist and it closes up, but there's like a opening. Now opening in the skull, yeah. but not permanently in his head. Like that's, he doesn't keep this opening in his head. Head. Right, it's it covers, it's closed up, but okay. the skull, but the skull is, is open, is op- and so it allows. Oh my god, that is so dangerous in like a thousand different. Yeah, ways. it's illegal. I mean, it's not like you can go get this done. Oh my god! So what's his result? So it's what he what wanted, which even if it's a placebo I, effect, that's what I was going to say. I, I mean, I I'm feel jealous. Like, or you know what? Because this is this is. Haha, I wonder. If this, ooh, isn't going to, okay. 
somebody who suffers from body dysmorphia disorder goes in to get a boob job Mm -hmm. and says, I'll feel better if I get this done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she doesn't feel better. And Mm -hmm. so she gets her, but temporarily does feel better for maybe three years Mm -hmm. and then goes back to those feelings and then gets her nose done and then gets her, and then, and I, oh, okay. I'll talk about this other vice thing that I saw in a bit, but I can see the same problems with that where you like you're chasing get to the wind. a point where, yes, where you don't experience those same feelings and then you feel like you have to then widen the... Does he encourage... Is he a, a, no. trying to do this to other people? No, no, no. He doesn't recommend it or anything. Oh, that's good. Um, but I think he did it many, many years ago. I mean, this isn't like he did it last oh, week. Oh, that's, that's good too. Yeah. Interesting. Mid 60s, the- I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's not... And so okay, he well, says there goes that, that whole theory. Well, not in his, yeah, in his case, he didn't, he said he, it, it, it just accomplished his goal and that he is able to feel like he did when he was a kid where he experiences that level of joy that you don't feel like as an adult. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So Let's anyway, think of it, it makes me the wonder. The science behind that, the, the first of I all, do you see, think it's true? Yeah. So. we've the human species is evolving in many different ways. So we have physical evolution. We have technological evolution. We have social and like we evolve in different ways. And this could be a situation where our brain is evolving faster than our body. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just coming from, I'm just yeah. trying to We're get just on board. Here. I'm totally like <laughs> pulling this out of like the things I know about the brain and how it evolves and things where that could happen. That, that the way we, that the areas of our brain that we're able to access, and it could be because of heightened stimulation. Hmm. It could be because we are more stimulated than we've ever been throughout history. I mean, you take a kid from 1939 and a kid from... 2016 mm-hmm. it's going to take far more to get the kid from 2016 mentally stimulated even uh, you will try to watch a movie from 30 years ago you won't be able to sit through it, it it's like unbearable because the editing isn't fast enough to keep up to, with what the kind of rapid like attention mm-hmm. we need so maybe that's caused the brain to like function more and at like higher levels and we need uh, we because the average size of the human head has grown over the years and our head average head size is larger now than it ever was in the past so maybe a larger head is and part of the evolutionary process that gets us to that state of feeling like joy and bliss but we're not evolving fast enough. So maybe he freaking a, I mean, I know I really, there's a, he wrote a book. His book is called borehole. Oh, but that just like the idea of doing that. I mean, I stubbed my toe. Like I stubbed my finger in the door the other day before I came over here and I (laughs) thought I would have to cancel the podcast. And like, I mean, I'm still thinking about it and it's still hurting. And that was slamming my finger in the door. Like, I couldn't imagine drilling a hole into my head. 
Yeah. Well, and certainly oh. I, I wouldn't do it. it. He says that you can do it. Like if you go to Mexico, you can pay a couple grand and have it done. But yeah, I'm I mean, sure. I, but and also the, fuck a donkey. So what does that tell you? <laughs> the part though, that's compelling to me is that, that he touched upon something that I had been thinking about and then put it made it out like this is a real thing. And I don't know if it is. I want to look it up the and joy, find out. Experiencing joy when yeah, you're is the brain, is the skull open in for, you know, all that. that stuff. I, I do believe it's true. Like that's that. like the soft spot on a baby's head where it doesn't get. Yeah. But I thought be. that was resolved after a few months. Now. And, and I heard that there is a fusing of the, um, at the base of the brain in the, What is it? It's uh, it's near the brainstem, but that there is a fusing that happens between the left and right hemisphere that doesn't happen until you are a teenager and boys experience it later, which is why we have higher rates of ADHD and things like that with boys, because when this doesn't properly fuse, that could be that. Yeah, is maybe one of the that's results. what this is. So that is the only thing I could think of. But that's more of a like neural connection than a bone. <laughs> right. It's like that has more to do with like you know i'm fighting oh, a war against Susie, fruit flies. Susie sees a fruit fly and just got real angry so if you hear any random claps <laughs> that would be us trying to fr- fight the, the anyway fruit fly. it's but interesting that is so weird i couldn't do it and it wouldn't even be worth it to me just give me the drugs you know what else is interesting what sis <laughs> period panties oh they sure are well super awesome Sarah texted me. Didn't you text? Oh, I was joking with you about them the other day because I had I stepped on a piece of glass and I couldn't get it to stop bleeding. And my husband was like, "Where are those she thinks underpants? Use those. <laughs> Use the underpants." <laughs> but seriously, though, I am a believer. I saw somebody on Twitter, like separately from us, just posted how she's like, "I think it's finally time for me to fi- find out what these thinks panties are." Yeah, and I was like, "They changed my life. That's what." Yeah. Anyway, she thinks that are these wonderful undies you can wear and they replace the need for, um, you know, feminine hygiene products, whatever you use. Suze. What? I, I, okay. Since we started this have yet to have my period, but I, know. I finally are opened up. No, I'm not. I'm totally not. It was just bad timing. It was yeah. like the week that I got them. I was already like, <laughs> you know, almost done. But, uh, so I finally opened them up and try, even though, you know, I still probably have a couple days until it's time. I can't wait. Um, but I can't believe how thin they are. Yeah. It's like, uh, I didn't even know what, I mean, when I open them up, that's the real thing that people, not, not only do I believe in what the company is doing and how they help give education to women in countries where they don't have education about this and also supplies to women in other countries where they don't have this access, but they're like, so not what you'd think they would be. They're really cute. I would not lie to you. They they're are so cute. So and so comfortable. So comfortable. And so thin and so like lace top. You'd never know. They're really stylish. You'd never in a million years know. Well, no you can guy's find gonna out. be like, ew. You can find out for yourself. Hello thinks. It's hello T H I N X dot com and use code CANDY to get five dollars off. And they're risk free. Just try them out and see what you think. Sixty days. So there's no risk. Give them a try. You will. Th- I mean, seriously, you'll thank me. But anyway. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. That's not a wacky or weird lifestyle. Uh, but you know what? Those weird ladies who are the 
the ones who don't use anything. Have you heard about this trend? Yeah, what's with that? Ugh, I am not on board. <laughs> that is so What is weird. their motivation? I guess that it's like, Freedom. I don't know, it's oppressing natural. women to like, no, I'm sorry. That comes down to hygiene. That's like being like, okay with your, like, oh, I'm just going to poo anywhere because <laughs> like that comes out of my body and I shouldn't care. No, there are that yeah. blood leaving any part of your body in like mass quantities is probably something you'd need to deal with. Yeah, for was, other people, if uh, anything. There was that lady that ran like the mar- maybe New York <gasps> marathon or whatever. She herself? No. <laughs> oh, but that did happen. That happened too. That was she, Iron Man. She woman. didn't use a tampon, oh, and so it was just like this weird. And I was like, "What's what are you fighting for? What exactly no, are you mad about?" No. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to the Brain Candy Podcast with Susie Meister and Sarah Rice. You want to talk about Burning Man and those oh. like festival lifestyle? That's not weird or wacky, but no. I just don't know about it. So Susie does it, but you know... I've, it's interesting because I've surrounded myself with the, and the kind of friends that I like, the kind of people that I usually, the freaking man I married have all been to Burning Man and are all these kind of like hippy dippy. Yeah. What? Okay. What exactly? Is it a concert? (laughs) Sort of. I'm so like old. And no, I am only telling you what I've heard from other people because I've never been, but it's a festival. It's sort of a festival, but it, the mo- the thing that really separ- separates Burning Man from everything else is that it's not run by a company. There's no like monetary. You don't pay for tickets. Like there's there's a there's like a ticket, but it's part of a, like a raffle system, and it's not like uh, there's everything's on like a trade system where like you provide something and, but you know, you're not going to go to like the Pepsi stand where they're going to have like Pepsi and Mountain Dew. So who runs it? I have no idea. I really don't know. I I would imagine it's just, there's like a group that started putting this on and keeps putting it on and they go out in the desert and it's like art and music and, and free love and everything's just like traded and, and they I hate it's, it. It's all the thing that would bug me the most is being dirty. Like I'm all for camping and everything, but it's like control. Like this is like a bunch of no, no. I think the thing that would bug me the most are are, are people on drugs. Like I don't want to be puked on or anything like that. Like mm. weirdos. The thing being, that would bug me the most is every other person there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and I, I can get it. Like it would be, fu- I Landon's been, I've seen the pictures. Like everybody's, there's a lot of nudity, a lot of people naked, a lot of drugs. Are there any rules besides like I no violence and so. stuff like that? I, I don't think so. And I think everybody goes in with the same kind of attitude about what it's all about and, and what the, whole... but if you ask somebody that was going, what is it all about? What would they say? Free love. Yeah. They would say that. They would say that, like, whatever your journey is, you find it there. And, like, I I I talk to people who have been, and they always say, oh, it was, like, a life-changing experience. And we accept that their lives don't change, and they act like the same (laughs) a-holes they were. Oh, that's so funny. That's great. Have have you ever been to any of those festivals? Like, I went to Lollapalooza one time. 
Okay. Is that... I mean, I don't know. Is that not one? Oh, I'm thinking Lilith Fair. That's the more <laughs> lesbian one. I was like, that's kind of lesbian for you, Sis. <laughs> Just picturing me. I mean, I would go to Lilith Fair. I have nothing against it. I know. It, I would too. It'd be all kinds of uh, Lollapalooza. It was in Chicago. I guess it, maybe it always yeah, is. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but that you know, even that was too much for me. Um, you know what I like are the like the street. Well, one of the the most fun festivals I've ever been to was the. Folsom Street Fair in San Francisco, which is the what largest is that? Of that. S&M festival <laughs> in the world. What is that? I've heard that. I want to say it's the largest in the United States because I'm sure Germany has one that's like way more weird. They do weird shit out there. But this one. Is oh, it a gay thing or no? Um, uh, Well, it takes place in on Folsom Street yeah. in San Francisco. So there is... I yeah. mean, just location, 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 <laughs> but it w- does not, d- d- uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking discriminate. for? Discriminate. This does not discriminate it. I mean, I saw my, some of my favorites in those kind of arenas are the morbidly obese woman wearing less to nothing <laughs> with a very frail, thin man on a leash. And that's like a dime a dozen out there. Why though? I don't know. It's like a fetish. Like it's a thing. Um, also a lot of, Oh my God, our listeners are going to just either love this or hate this. And I'm saying this like pee fetishes and like oh, a yeah. guy getting pissed golden on showers, golden showers. Uh, uh, a have lot. you ever been involved in a sex in a sex that, um, <laughs> where you used a safe word? No, no, me neither. What would yours be? <laughs> Brady, Brady, Brady bunch, Brady. something really pure. <laughs> I would have to go with something like, like the first thing that comes to my head is like zebra. I don't know why. Okay, like it would have. Well, to that's be- a good one because it's black and white. Like that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. it's like very clear. I, I don't know why that can't like zebra is what you should be. That's a good one. Screaming in. But I mean, there's no right answer here. There's no right answer. <laughs> you just don't want to pick something that like you would say. Like, yes or no, like, probably is not a good idea. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see... Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Like, what do you think motivates these people that are do like, do like the S and M lifestyle? Oh gosh. You know, I didn't even see 50 shades of gray. Ugh! don't waste your time. I watched like 15 minutes of it and oh, yeah. I was so annoyed. I'm like, this is just cause it was cheesy so or stupid. what? Yeah. And I just I mean, it's not health. It's ab- it's absolutely an abusive relationship. Like oh, abusive. Either? Yes. Oh, okay. You know, that's like I'm in grad school right now to be a licensed marriage and family therapist, and a large percentage of the first semester is addressing ethical issues and when to intervene and what constitutes abuse and how to address abuse within relationships, especially when you're dealing with couples. You would be surprised when asked. 
straight up, like in an initial interview uh, or initial assessment, you ask a couple, is there physical violence present? Whether the man or women are together or separate, only about 6% report violence in the relationship. When you give them something called the, uh, the, oh gosh, it's CTS. So it's something like critical, uh, like it's something that has to do with violence within relationships, but CTS is like the name of this, this assessment that you give them. Once they fill that out, 53% say that there's violence in their relationship. But what do you mean? What because is it? a lot of times things that people do, they do not know are What would be violent. an example? Uh, blocking an exit and not let, allowing somebody to leave is physical violence. Ho- that's taking somebody hostage. Taking somebody's keys or cell phone or not allowing them to have any escape. But w- would you call that physical violence? That is that one in a continuum not. of violence. That is a that is uh, like on a scale of one to ten, like ten being assault and battery, and like you're beating them up. That's a one on the scale. Oh wow! I certainly didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I mean, I've never and had that happen. The other thing that's surprising is that eighty six percent is there's mutual aggression. Hmm. So I mean, that women, of course, are more ones who get injured more ones who have clinical depression afterwards ones who feel the effects of violence much more and 90% of perpetrators are men but there is mutual aggression that happens and common couples violence is very prevalent as well where two people are involved and it gets heated and it's not but I mean so anyways Mm. this is kind of a tangent no no that's interesting and um do you think this is totally I'm just wondering yeah do you think that those couples would be more likely to have like um, sort of violent sexual fetish or not? Oh, really, really, really good question. So that's something very interesting to explore is that often the people who things that you fetish, things that are fetishes are often the opposite of how that person is treated or the kind of role that that person has in real life. So we see very high levels of like uh, submissive behavior or like um, wanting to be like a baby or hiring a dominatrix or something like that amongst men who are high earners, CEOs, very powerful positions, people who are in a field of control where they're controlling all day long they go into the bedroom and they want to be dominated and they want to be controlled. Mm-hmm. And you have your, you know, maybe on the flip side of that, you have, okay. And, and where you can also see this are the, the, is the kind of people who, um, are sexually aggressive. They often get overlooked as by other women, they often, you know, maybe you'll, you'll find they have like a stutter or they were bedwetters mm. really late in life and things where they aren't in control and where they're, those people act out in very aggressive ways mm. sexually and are usually more aggressive or like, you know, women who are more like in, in submissive roles than in the bedroom are, are, that's like where they, they take that out. That's interesting. And this is, of course, that's not always the case, but there is a lot of evidence to, to, speak to. Both. So why did you like that festival though? 
then if you're not really into like oh i because and i think this part about what makes me want to be a therapist about is i just want to know all about the fringe like i would just want to be on the end i want to know i want to see it i want i mean i'm obsessed with those like uh my strange obsession yeah, shows yeah, yeah. and i just think that's so fascinating because you know it's different than what what i do or am used to or you can't really and you don't know what you like until you've seen it all so yeah. I know I'm not into pissing on people. That's for sure. Also not into hanging things off of anywhere from my body. Mm. Not really into that. Yeah, no. That's not for me. No, nothing needs to be overstretched or pulled. Or I just feel like life is stressful enough. I don't. The last yeah. thing I need is to add to more stress or pain. Nobody needs an <laughs> anal butt plug. You, I just don't that need. hilarious. Or fisting. I'm just, I can do without uh. it. I'm okay. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just conservative, but I feel like, you know, that theory of sort of like the slippery slope where yeah. people like need more and more and more. Yeah. I think there might be something to that. Uh, absolutely. There's something to that. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. That's that, that, that I, is I actually, 100% true. I am concerned about our future generations, given that they'll have access to uh-huh. like every weird uh-huh. funky thing. At the point, you know, at the yeah, but the then maybe there's, you know, it's always like a pendulum swing. I, I feel that's like, right. You know, we, you know, when we were talking in our last episode about like attraction, I was thinking about, you know, how when women were covered up, the ankle was like sexy, mm-hmm. and then it would you know, we wear less and less, and then then it always comes back. Always, you know, I was I, I was discussing tattoos with my mom when she was visiting and. How, uh, you know, I'm not even worried. My mom was saying that once her generation dies off, the majority of people will have tattoos. And I said, yeah, but you know what? My children and my grandchildren, we're, uh, they are not going to want tattoos. No, they They're going to look at mo- mom is covered. Dad is wearing a full body suit. You mm-hmm. think little, you know, our kid is going to be like running out to get you tattoos. are going to raise alex p keaton i know conservative he's gonna republican he's going to vote republican <laughs> god forbid if he likes mcdonald's i'm killing him. i'm oh just my God. I, i'm trading him in <laughs> that'll be how your kid rebels that yeah. you know he'll eat fast just, food and yeah. i'll be like corporate grounded. um what did you want to talk about about religion you said oh you know i don't know if we have to save that one for uh you know because do we for for because I'm just so fascinated. You know, I feel like you're su- such a wealth of... I mean, you have so much information on the topic of mm-hmm. religion. And I've just seen recently some documentaries about, you know, evangelicals and, um, like, the, the, one, the speak in tongues, put your hand to your head, fall on the ground. Like, mm-hmm. that's still alive and well places. Alive and well, it's, it's like thriving, thriving, and I don't. I just I. I've never even been exposed to that world or met anybody. Well, with the exception of you, and you're like, you know, yeah. Since reform, you know but. what's weird because you know I grew up Pentecostal and people. My mom speaks in tongues, and you know that was just around us my whole life. I never even oh, thought about. I mean, I knew that's that, so. Weird to somebody who doesn't know what that yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Like, uh, I knew that most people didn't do that, but I didn't know how strange or unusual it was. 
But there, I shouldn't say it's that unusual because there are so many people. But I mean, compared to like mainstream America. Now, if you're, okay, if somebody who is a Pentecostal yeah. a follower of the Pentecostal faith, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, Pentecostal. Sees a crazy man walking <laughs> down the street, speaking in what to me sounds like tongue. Do they recognize him as being somebody touched by the Lord? Mm-mm. Okay, well, why not? It sounds the same. Is it context? Well, yeah, because they, when they speak in tongues, they aren't out of control. Right. They are aware of what's going on and they can stop it. Huh. Yeah, so it's not the same as like someone who you see and you pretty much can tell like that person's not in control of their faculties. Or okay. Okay. So, um, That's you know, a good point. cause I would always say like, if it's the Holy spirit doing this, how come it's only when you're at church or whatever? Oh, right. But she would say like, you know, that you can mm. get yourself into like this zone. You're open and you're connected yeah. at that moment. Yeah. I get, I can understand that from, from her perspective. One time I was at church and they, they had laughter in the spirit. And the whole church was like laughing their asses off. And it was like of this. But spirit. I like that. I know that one was a good one because yeah. it, it was like, weird? I mean, it was, and they could not, they could not stop. I mean, it was just, it went on and on and on. They had the, they had the giggles. <laughs> they God had, the, had giggles. the giggles that day. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. But anyway, yeah, we can talk about it more another time because there's lots of like I'm into snake handlers. Yeah, and, like, but yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. That. Like that's one of a, yeah. that's a whole what because the they're Pentecostal. Heck? Yeah, but they're just like more crazy. Oh my! <laughs> but you know, I get and it. Here, so are the the Pentecostals who are speaking in tongues looking at the snake charmers and going those weirdos? Mm -hmm. I, like whenever what? people would say, How, "What did you grow up as?" I would say Pentecostal. I say, "Oh, did you speak in tongues?" I'd say, "Yeah, but we didn't handle snakes." You know, like it was like they're weird. That's exactly what the documentary that I was watching on this. That's what the guy said. He's like, "Well, I, I mean, don't worry, it's not one of those weird snake charmer." And they say that in the documentary. Yeah, because that's pretty much like the end of. I mean, there's more strange things than that, right? But that's pretty bonkers. I if you ask me, it's all right. Really? <laughs> I just, I mean, <laughs> but okay. But then again, I do understand. Like I could see where things stem from. Like, I like I how you call them snake charmers. <laughs> <laughs> snake handlers? Yeah. Char uh, what? <laughs> well, cause they're not charming them. Like they're not like wooing them okay, with their pan still, flutes or what it's the same kind of thing isn't it no no <laughs> well, well aren't they handling snake what are they doing with snakes then yeah they're handling them but, okay but Susie. the charmers play those flutes to yeah. lull the snakes but if you are handling a snake 
He's in, in some relaxed state. And that, hence, you've charmed the snake. So that's... <laughs> well, no, because they are... The reason they're doing it is because there's a verse in the New Testament that oh, says gosh, that... Oh, gosh, you won't get bit by a snake or something? No, you won't die from it. You Like, you're safe. Oh, and so they don't even care if they get bit because they think they're safe from the poison. Okay. But then they die. They do die from it. <laughs> oh. and they, they, just, they get bit. And they just say that that's because he wasn't a... Yep. Funny how but that they, works. sometimes they don't die. They and get bit and then they live. And but they go right to the hospital. Not all of them. Some of them don't. Oh my god! Of course. Anyway, it's good fun. Those things. I like stuff wow. like that. I'm gonna have to do. I'm gonna have to watch some. Some. I'm gonna have to do some search. There's a great documentary. Tell me. I'll find it for you. It's about the. You mean about the snakes? Everything. Oh. I just want to know about this. <laughs> it's so. Yeah, there's a good one, and it, you know, because they're in Appalachia, and they. They, yes, yeah. that's what the Ozarks and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I love stuff like that. I do too that's because I just don't. Because I'm, I'm getting tired. Like I, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm real caught up in the election and the evangelicals and all this stuff. But I get fatigued in it because it's like I can't win. But right. everybody's in agreement that the snake handlers are fascinating in a different way. Yeah. Nobody's scared of them. Nobody thinks they're going to take over the government. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's more like you can be more playful about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just like, that's like a safe, a group that's like taking a literal interpretation of the Bible. Cause that's really what that that's is, right. is a literal interpretation of, of it. one verse, of yeah. one verse, mm-hmm. but the, their actions based on that literal interpretation are not harmful or don't hurt anybody. Then you look at another group like the Westboro Baptist church who have taken also de- taken like literal interpretations yeah. of the Bible that are, that become dangerous or become, and you could see that, that. Well, I mean, they're dangerous, I think to the people in the kids, but you know, cause they can't get out of the church easily, but it's actually not dangerous to the public cause they're lawyers and they're very good at knowing Ugh. their, um, their rights. Yeah, no, I know what you mean by that, yeah. but I mean, it doesn't, well, I don't know. Snake Charmer would probably preach some pretty hateful <laughs> stuff too. Yeah, probably, but that's not what we like focus on. No, I just like the weirdo. <laughs> Did you see the documentary? Snake handler, excuse me. Did you see the documentary, The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah, 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 I figured. That's so good. Oh. Talk about weird and wacky. My gosh. People okay. should watch that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not like a boring <laughs> documentary like like maybe some it's of the ones that... It's produced by that jacket. It's Johnny Knoxville yeah. produced it. Yeah. This is... You are going to be so fascinated by this family. The one, the weird and wonderful whites or wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia Mm -hmm. is one of the craziest families and documentaries I've ever seen. I've saw some weird things in there. And the fact that there are a lot of people like this who like are making decisions on (laughs) things or like, or like breeding and like having multiple offspring. It's just. Everybody should watch that. It's ranked one of the best documentaries yeah. ever made because yeah. it's just unbelievable. But anyway, um, that's all for today, actually. That's a good one, man. I can't wait to go one. look up a bunch of other weird people. And- <laughs> hey, and if any of you guys have been to Burning Man or you know how Burning Man started, let us know because Susie yeah. and I both don't know that. And and I don't get it. It's not often that we both don't. Yeah, that's true. This is something we're unfamiliar with. Yeah. Maybe we should ask Landon when he comes next time. Yeah. 
All right, people. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Brain Candy Podcast. See you next time.